0: Welcome to the book called that sure isn't your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, Mom. How,
1: how's it going? Hello, Ellen. Everything is fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Wild and Love by Eloisa James, and then later about the eras of historical romances. But first, Mom, what have you been reading?
1: <laughs> well, I did read the Wait For It book. The sequel to Wall of Winnipeg
0: by Marianna Zapata, which we did last time.
1: Yes. (laughs) All those things. Um, So I read that. And that's, you know, another 700-page book. So that took up a chunk of time. And Mm -hmm. I read the book that we were to read, The Wild in Love. And I kind of fell off the wagon because I've been listening to the the Winston Brothers book, the um, Bowes book. (sighs) guy's voice ellen i don't know what it is oh boy <laughs> but i'm big good in that i didn't go back and listen to all the books before it <laughs> so i could just listen to this one but i am enjoying this bu- this book because what i like is seeing cletus's book through someone else's eyes like the other perspective of cletus's book so yeah some of the true. parts where it talks about cletus and jen i'm like wow, that's so cute
0: i mean i like they're their falling in love too. as we speak oh <laughs> Yeah, I knew I knew that when that came out that you would succumb eventually. So I would,
1: and I did, and here I am. Um,
0: so for me, last time I mentioned that I was starting um, a book called "How to Tame a Beast in Seven Days" by Carolyn Sparks. It's the first book in her Embraced series. Um, so she only has two books out so far in that series, and I read both of them. Uh, this the second book is called "So I Married a Sorcerer." And I think I might make you read this some sometime. Um, I think you would like it. It's um, it's about this mystical, fan- you know, fan- fantasy world where um, there's like these two moons, and they kind of converge every, you know, solstice or you know something equal to that in this world and um when they do the people the babies that are born when those moons converge is um they get these powers and they call it cuz the moons embrace so they say that you're embraced if you have these powers these um girls that all live in this nunnery island essentially because it's kind of the kings of these lands don't like when you're embraced um so they kind of are girls that are in hiding because they have these powers um, but you know they fall in love with other people that have powers it was a fun series I, and i'm excited for the rest of the books there's it's kind of like any series where you kind of get your eye on a certain couple and you're like oh i cannot wait for their book and i've got i've got one of those with this <laughs> series so i'm excited for for that book to eventually come out but i'm sure it's probably going to be like the last book because that's what they do to us But yeah, so I I really liked that series. I also read um, Duke of Desire, which is by Elizabeth Hoyt, and it's technically the last full novel in the Maiden Lane series. I didn't realize it was ending, but uh, that's what I read. And then she has two novellas, that one that just came out recently called Once Upon a Maiden Lane, and uh, then she's going to have a Christmas one that's coming out, I think in a couple of weeks or this week or something. So Once Upon a Maiden Lane is actually about one of the orphans from the first Maiden Lane book, and it's, like, her romance. So, yeah, so, I mean, this is a long series, so it's interesting that it's, like, coming to an end now. It
1: is. Who is this book about, The Duke of Desire? What's Who's that one about?
0: The Duke of Desire is... Um, it's about, remember this is the one I was talking to you about, where there's the Lords of Chaos, who, um, it's this kind of crew of really oh, awful right. men, and so it's these, the son of one of the old Lords of Chaos, and this girl who had been kidnapped by the Lords of Chaos, and they kind of hook up. Um, it was, it was actually a pretty tough, not tough in that it was, I didn't think it was good, but, um, it's, it goes to some pretty like dark places. Um, but it was, it was a good book. I, and but I'm sad to see that one come to an end cause I've, I've liked that series. Um, and then I also read, uh, I'm in a book club and we were supposed to read Tiger's Eye by Karen Robards. And this was written, I think, like in 1989. So it's pretty, um, you know, old school in the romance genre. Um, I know that you're rolling your eyes because I said old school about 1989. But that's it's considered that. Um, and this book is bananas, as in B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, it's just... Uh, we were talking at the romance book club at the book club that I'm in, and um, we were saying, like, you can see where, like, Romancing the Stone came from, where it's just this, like, over-exaggerated, crazy romance plot where it's just, like, they were getting shot at every other page, and if they weren't getting shot at, they were, like, having to be laid up in bed recovering from getting shot at. Um, <laughs> it was... It was just bananas. I don't know how I felt about it overall as a book, but I will say at least it was amusing in how ridiculous it was. Um, and then I read this book, so that's I've been I've been fairly busy. I did I set a goal on Goodreads um, the, earlier this year, and I met the goal this week, so that was my my big achievement with reading. I I set it for eighty. Books. The thing that pisses me off though about the Goodreads Reading Challenge is it doesn't count rereads of books. So I, I've definitely read more than 82 books, but I, some of those were rereads. So anyway, okay, so <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Wild in Love by Eloisa James. It's the first book in her new Georgian Era set series. Um, the back cover description for this one reads, Lord Lark Wilde, son of the Duke of Lindau, is the most celebrated man in England, revered for his dangerous adventures and rakish good looks. Arriving home from years abroad, he has no idea of his own celebrity until his boat is met by mobs of screaming ladies. Lark escapes to his father's castle, but just as he grasps that he's not only famous but notorious, he encounters the very private, very witty Miss Willa Finch. Willa presents the facade of a serene young lady to the world. Her love of books and body jokes is purely for the delight of her intimate friends. She wants nothing to do with a man whose private life is whose private life is splashed over every newspaper. Alaric has never met a woman he wanted for his own. Until he meets Willa, he's never lost a battle. But a spiritual woman like Willa isn't going to make it easy. The first book in Eloise's James's dazzling new series set in the Georgian period glows with her trademark wit and sexy charm and introduces a large, eccentric family. Re- readers will love the wilds of Lindau Castle. Okay, Mom, I'm going to let you go first,
1: <laughs> per usual, but what did you think of this book? Well, I like the book. you got to keep in mind it's the first in a series, and anytime I read a series, I don't always... The first book is not always my favorite. I liked it. I liked the story. Um, there were some things that I didn't like so much. Mm-hmm. And I've read a lot of books where the girl falls in love with the guy and the guy is just completely ornery and nasty and I keep thinking, well why does she even like him? Why is she in love with him all of a sudden? And I kind of had the opposite effect on the, even though I could even though you could, you know, you could hear her perspective of the book, She was never very nice to him, and I couldn't figure out why he was so in love with her, because apparently there were several very pretty women there. They talked about how a lot of the women were pretty. So it couldn't just be that she was pretty, but I couldn't figure out why he liked her, because anytime she talked to him, she was horrible to him, and kind of putting him off. But then once they kind of started, you know, working things out, and then it made a little more sense that he would like her once she started being nice to him. So I, I was on board and I had fun with it.
0: Okay. So I did not like this book very much. I I like things about it. I But the I think one of my biggest problems was is that the things I liked about it um, were kind of like some missed opportunities because she didn't like... Follow up on those things as much as I, as much as I wanted her to. Like I like the I like the idea of kind of this celebrity type dealing with fame in a historical setting. Like I've never really right. read a book like that before. Maybe because I don't know how authentic it is. But like putting like a Byron type character, you know, who's got all this fame in this era, um, dealing with celebrity. I thought that was an interesting idea. But I never really got like. Much of a sense of that. Um, I like that she's kind of beautiful and confident, but still like smart. Because I feel like um, we get that a lot in historicals, but they're usually like wallflowers. But you know, she's very self assured. She's
1: very um, and she's not she's a wallflower. very popular. She's she talks about a proposed to nineteen times or something.
0: Yeah, whatever it was. Um, but like with her. It wasn't that I thought she was ornery or rude the whole time, like um, like you were saying. It's just that they talked a lot about how she's got kind of, like, these dual personalities. Like, she's, you know, kind of body and snarky with her friends, but then very, like, polite and serene in public. But we never, like, really saw that. Like, I never saw her being polite and serene in public. It's just got talked about a lot. And I kind of wish, you know, like, he would even talk about, like, oh, you're being Willow right here now. You're not being... Evie. um, His Evie, which is his nickname that he comes up for her. Um, And so I just wish that, like, if this is such a thing about her, that we kind of, like, saw it more. Well, and even the body
1: side we didn't see very often. Um, You know, they talked about them reading dirty books to her and her Lavinia. Uh, reading the dirty books together, but it didn't, like, she didn't make dirty jokes or anything.
0: She does. Like, they kind of make jokes about, you know, man roots and things like that. But, um, and, you know, like, she's a little, I think she's, like, quicker to drink sherry and things like that than probably was considered appropriate at the time. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I never got a sense of, like, this whole big thing that was supposed to be like this big thing about her. I never saw her being like prim and proper ever in, in a different setting, you know, than what she was like with him.
1: And one thing with historical romances, I don't know what it is about historical romances and it's not, I'm not just ragging on this book, but on so many books is there's gotta be a way to bring a couple together besides having someone healing from a gunshot. I mean, is that the only way that people got together back in the day? Because it seems like every historical moment has someone healing from a gunshot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that does happen a lot. Well, that – and so that's another problem that I have with this book is um, I felt like – so I like that – I like when you have um, the hero in love with the heroine before – heroines in love with him because that doesn't happen very often so it's kind of refreshing when we when we get that perspective of it by the way he's he's what i would consider beta he's pretty beta yeah he has like alpha tendencies but so i like that about it where was i going with this um but i think with them there's not a whole lot of conflict to them getting together they she kind of hymns and haws a little bit but like they're both pretty on board with each other pretty quick. I mean, she's kind of, you know, like, oh, he's, he's so famous. But then that becomes like a non-issue for her, like in an instant within like halfway through the book. She's just like, I don't care about that anymore. I like him. Let's do this. And so, um, I kind of wanted there to be more conflict, interpersonal conflict with them getting together. They're, comes um some some like external conflict with this crazy stalker chick which i actually that's kind of like when i started getting into the book a little bit more was when they had you know actual finally conflict to their relationship um but i wanted there to be more between them getting together if that makes sense
1: it does yes however as a first book in a series you can see that they spend a lot of time setting up oh yeah other books
0: and that was another <laughs> that was another problem I had was like I wanted to spend more time with Lavinia and Parth than than these two, and I wanted to see what the heck was going on with um, Diana and North more than these two because, like I said, they were like pretty much into each other from jump. Well, so I, it's like okay.
1: I think it's a, they're taking it's care of the first book in a series, and I think it's going to be one of those where. The first book is not the strongest book because other books. But uh, honestly, when the other books come out, I will read them because, like you said, I want to know what happens with Lavinia and Parth, and I want to know what happens with North and uh, Diana. Diana And, um, you know, I want to see the rest of that. And it's a big family, so this has the potential to have, you
0: know. It's a huge family. That was the other thing. Okay, so I couldn't help but compare it to the Bridgertons because she's obviously setting it up, um, to be like this big family type situation. Um, and I think where the Bridgertons is really successful is like from book one, like early on in book one, you get a sense of that family and what their dynamic is. Um, I didn't get that with this, and I don't know if it's because the dad is kind of just this generic dad figure, and he's got these, like, rotating wives that I was like, okay, what's going on here? I don't know, like, and you sort of get a sense of, like, the brothers that are kind of in the same age group
1: as... uh, as I think the different wives are going to set it up, because, you know, obviously the first wife was a loving mother, loving wife, and then the second wife was was not not and she ended up taking off and i think that's going to set up some of the background for those kids that are from that relationship and then they're going to have mommy issues yeah mommy issues or maybe mommy comes back again i don't know because she's Uh, not dead she's just and then and that's another thing (laughs) the older brother who like died on the, oh, on the, <laughs> on the marsh. Who they didn't, who they lost in the bog. And they said I, I, multiple times, but we never found his body, but we never found his body. So I have a feeling. I did think that for a
0: second, I was like, I bet he's not dead, but I didn't think that like, oh yeah, he could still come back and like have his own book.
1: I have a feeling that older brother might pop up again. Um, and then there's the wife that he has now, who's still popping kids out. But, um, so there's, and even the wife yeah. that he has now, I don't think is as loving, and I don't think they're as tight as he was with his first wife. So I think all those different kind of mothers are going to set up the books to be, to have a different flavor for each book instead of like the Bridgertsons where the mother is I like. I mean, this,
0: this family could. Keep going. This family could take us from the Georgian era to the Victorian era with how, uh, exactly.
1: <laughs> how recent these babies are. I don't know about the Victorian, <laughs> but definitely the Regency. <laughs>
0: Um, I will say, I thought her dialogue was good. It felt pretty authentic, you know, to the era. It felt, with the body jokes aside, um, I liked the pet skunk. (laughs) It was cute. (laughs) I thought that was cute, because I think skunks are cute. You just can't ever, you know, really go near them. Um, I liked their kind of type of flirting. Like, I thought that they had, like, Pretty good banter, which you know we talk about. We like that a lot, um, and I like that for all these Shakespearean references that they made. Um, they do have, they did feel kind of like a Shakespearean couple, where you know, kind of like much about nothing, Benedict and what's Beatrice, um, where they're kind of just like nipping at each other the whole time, but it's like this underlying, uh, right. you know, they want to hit it uh, thing going on. But, yeah, I was just kind of i mean it took and it took me a really long time to get into this book, and I still wasn't like fully committed like it if- well, it
1: took me a little while to get into it, but I think a lot of that had to do with um the well, I told stuff. you I, at the beginning, I was having a hard time getting into the rhythm of the book, but a lot of that might have been because I'd been reading well contemporary and I'd been reading um the Mariana Zapata books, and so you know I'd done two of those back to back. So trying to get into the rhythm of another author is sometimes difficult. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't until I it was a good chunk away into the book that I was getting into the the flow of it.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I mean, like, honestly, I didn't start getting invested, like, even remotely invested, really, until the crazy puritanical stalker shows up.
1: Um, oh, and, then and then they, they have then to, there's like, a fake, fake, then there's a fake a engagement, fake romance, like. Fake marriage, a <laughs> trouble. You know, I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I don't know. That's, that, uh, that's just kind of where I landed with this
1: book. Well, I guess I would say, um, I think that the series has potential. I think there's a lot of potential for some yes. fun stories. And yes. so I'm invested, but I'm betting this is not the strongest book in the series.
0: Yeah. I hope I hope so because <laughs> like I um cuz yeah, like I said I like I like the setup. I want to know what what's spoiler alert. I want to know what's going on with Diane and the baby. I figured something was going on with her. I figured because too. Because she was like, you know, she didn't have anything really mean to say about him, but then I also like with how he kept saying like he was dressing up for her, I'm like he's gonna like become more true to himself and then they're gonna get together and she's gonna like that version of the biggest. Well him I thought maybe she
1: would, like didn't want to marry him because he was being so uh flouncy. Yes. Yeah. Which would turn me off as if yeah. I were her. Um
0: <clears throat> but yeah, I wanna know what's going on with her and the baby. Uh, you know Lavinia and Parth are going to end up oh, because absolutely. they hate each other way too much for no reason absolutely. for there
1: to not be <laughs> anytime two people hate each other they're going to get together
0: <laughs> yeah okay so uh, these are the questions I came up with are you ready? yes okay so what's the deal with first books and series? what do you think are the pitfalls that they run into with first books?
1: I think the problem with first books is they don't they worry more about the series than the book. And maybe that's mm-hmm. an author thing. I'm not an author. I don't know. But there's very few series where the first book is my favorite. Uh, or even I one could only think of
0: one because I was thinking about this. I'm like, is there a series where the first book is probably my favorite? And I think the Fallen Angel... Uh, oh, yeah. The one with Born and Penelope cause by Sarah McLean. I... Love that book, and I know it's not everybody's favorite book in the series, but that's probably my favorite book in the series. I like that I'm whole trying series. Trying think if that's
1: my favorite. Um, I really like the Pippa book, so it's hard for me to say that. Yeah, I really like the Pippa one too. But that that's my favorite. But um and there's also the fact that it it is the first in the series, but it's a series attached to another series.
0: That's true. That's true. So that, but you know, very like loosely, tenuously, and you don't spoiler alert well I don't spoil 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 that
1: one don't spoil that one (laughs) (laughs) it's too big of a spoil
0: but read that series it's really good well read (laughs) both series yeah i i i think and i so i think some people set up a series more underhandedly than others well if that makes
1: sense because you and i've talked about this with tv series where the first few episodes of a new pilot you know the pilot episode Mm -hmm. of a series is worried so much about introducing characters and you know different things that it doesn't like the first even the first couple episodes of a series heck Mm -hmm. the first season of Parks and Recreation is the worst series is the worst season of Parks and Recreation but the rest of it is pure gold so you know I think it's just kind of the nature of the beast that when you're trying to set up something that's going to be a long-term thing um it kind of makes it weakens the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And like and she's obviously setting up for a you know, a series that she's going to be on for a while. So she probably just wants to kind of see and I I guess I would feel better about it if I felt like I got a good sense of the family, but I still don't well, know if I did. Like her
1: Duchess series, the first book was definitely the weakest of those books and it took me a couple books to get like firmly into that series anyway you know yeah. it's, the, it's the same thing and that one had a lot of books in it too
0: but yeah I mean like the Rogue by any other name by Sarah McLean is definitely like you know a, a, an anomaly because I feel like most of the time I'm just like okay let's let's get through this first book like we get it we, I see where, where this is going I see who are the players are going to be um yeah i
1: think well that's another one and it's a it's another series that's attached to another series what was the one where it's the road trip book
0: the scandal the scandalous sisters i don't remember the name of the series
1: but uh, the first book the first book of that series we really liked because it was the road trip yeah one
0: that's true sarah mcclein does for good first books yeah, because um, I also like the first book in the. Do you know what I think the uh, the Love by Numbers the first series is also has probably the first book is probably also my favorite. Interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: Hmm. She's she's like an anomaly that <laughs> all of her first books are really good. Um,
1: but other series like Maiden Lane, the first book is definitely my least favorite. Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. There's a lot of series and I don't know is it because the book isn't as good or is it because I'm not as invested in it yet you know is it
0: yeah that's a good point
1: so it's hard to tell which comes first the chicken or the egg kind of thing
0: yeah it's true okay so I found this book to be pretty authentic in its language um even the structure of the story kind of felt more true to the era which I think kind of contributes to like you know it's definitely paced different than a lot of like modern romance novels that we read, even historical modern, modern historical romances. Um, so how important is it that to you when you're reading a historical romance that it's like authentic language wise to the time period?
1: Um, cause there's some books that we really like cause of the witty banter, but it's probably not very authentic to the yeah. time. Um, <laughs> but we like it cause it's funny and entertaining. Um, yeah. It's important to me historical wise because I'm a history nerd and I like historical stuff. But it's not as important to me just for reading enjoyment wise.
0: Yeah, like I think when I'm when I'm like in the book, I first of all notice it less and care less. But I think when like I was just this Tiger's Eye book that we just read for my other book club, um, there was a there was multiple instances where I'm like. I don't think they would say that back then. <laughs> I don't think that that's something they'd say. And I think because I'm already, like, not crazy invested, I'm just, like, noticing it more. And it, like, stands out more to me. But, I w- like, with this book, I-, I felt like... Yeah. I think because, like I was saying, it felt, like, very Shakespearean and just, like, the kind of back and forth and the way that, you know, her character said you know, just their sentence structure and things like that just felt a lot more authentic to the time period. So, and, and the story structure of the book itself felt a lot more like with that era, but,
1: well, and it was kind of a Shakespearean type, um, storyline. Yeah. (laughs) With the, you know, the, all the crazy stuff at the end. And anyway,
0: yeah, I mean like the, the, the stalker girl is, very much like you know,
1: right? This weird character gets get, that gets thrown in towards the end of the book and and has yeah. such an impact on yeah, the story. That's so that's you know, I don't know. I'm no expert yeah. on Shakespeare, but um, it just kind of had that feel to it. We know a few. We know we know some. <laughs> if they've made a movie of it, <laughs> no, you, you used to read a lot of Shakespeare, so I shouldn't say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was that weird, like ten-year-old reading. Much to about nothing. You were. But it was because I loved the movie so much. Um, okay, so do you have a preference when it comes to who falls first? You know, the with the guy or the girl?
1: I don't have a preference, depending on how it's written. But like with this one, I had a hard time figuring out why is he in love with her? Is she... Because really, truly, at the beginning of the book, she was not very nice to him. And... yeah. And that's another thing,
0: like, um, where I felt like she could have... It was another missed opportunity. It's like, um, you know, he's hes obviously... He says that he's into her because she's not one of the fangirls, right? But we could have seen more from her that kind of drew him in. Other than she's pretty and she doesn't like me. Right.
1: <laughs> the um, And also the fact that he... Came back from all his travels saying, I'm never gonna get married, I don't want any women, I don't ever want to get married, you know, that's not the life for me and then he sees her and is like, Oh, I wanna get married <laughs>
0: Yeah. Both that's the thing. Both of them like change on the flip of a dime, like real real quick.
1: Yeah. I do, but I'm with you. I did, and I maybe I'm ruining one of your questions, so sorry. But I did Ugh. like the whole celebrity thing because it's such a big deal nowadays to have it to look at it in a historical aspect. And you know, it's the girls. and I don't
0: know how like accurate that right. would have like I don't know if girls were plastering posters on their walls and things like that. But it was it was fun, and it was like kind of fun to explore um you know celebrity of the time like what that might look like
1: well and i don't want to date myself but this is a timely reference he's like the david cassidy of his day i know mom (laughs) when i saw that he passed away i was like mom's (laughs) gonna be so sad it was was one of my crushes back in the day like way back in the day like when i was a little kid so not like
0: yeah (laughs) mom would kiss the tv when david cassidy was, was
1: that was um davy jones but oh, sorry. But David Cassie was oh. another one. <laughs> hey, what can I say?
0: <laughs> okay. Um, do you think... <laughs> this is my very pointed question. Do you think it is a bit of a cheat that she is obviously going to make every one of her leads buck the fashion trends of the time?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> here's what I like about it. There is in no way... Can you describe a guy wearing a white wig and make me think it's sexy because it's just not going to play for me? So the whole wig thing, and this is going to get into our next conversation, but the whole wig thing, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm sure that there was a reason for it. Well, it's honestly probably to cover up their greasy, unshowered hair. Well, most of them shaved their heads. It was probably well, to keep I, them from getting insects in their hair or some or something. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. Yes. But and the stuff the women did to their hair, it was just all disgusting. So, um, it was kind of fun to
0: like for him to like have this whole guessing game of like what color is her hair i
1: can't tell <laughs> it's
0: like what a weird thing to like have to well and try and uh, figure out but about, we've had other books about
1: what the women would do to their hair and then how disgusting their hair would be because they had stuff glued in it and just all kinds of terrible things but yeah. but to describe a guy as super good looking and he looks great in this wig and i'm thinking there is not a guy on the planet who's gonna look super hot and sexy wearing one of those dumb wigs but yeah well that's what um i
0: was like i wonder if north is gonna get his own book because i don't know if i'm like with this whole you know yellow high heels and you know powdered look that he's got going but then you know at the end of the book he kind of
1: gets rid of that and it's like <laughs> yeah you're getting your own book sir <laughs> getting your own book and you get to not be the little you know flouncy guy that you were in the book
0: I guess when I was uh, thinking about, like, if it's a cheat or not, I'm like, well, I guess eventually there had to be people that led the charge in bucking that eventually, because it did go away. I mean, I think even within 20 or so years, because I don't, they weren't doing that as much in the Regency era.
1: Well, when they talk about, um, like, when they describe a guy with his hair down and his, you know, back in a ponytail and stuff that. But- I can get behind that look. I mean, that I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can sign up for Old that man one. man bun action. <laughs> no, when it's just pulled back in a loose ponytail with a <laughs> no, with know, ribbon Mom. and then sometimes a strand of hair will fall out and you're like, mm, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she twirls her finger in
1: it yeah, and then like when they're making it, out. You know, when, the, when the guy texts the hair behind her ears, that's a, that's, that thing. I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I'm on his side. <laughs> okay so that was my last question okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> so those are our thoughts on wild and love by eloise james but bit of a mixed bag uh but it's nice that we're not always gushing about every single book
1: but i definitely will read the rest because i do yeah. want to find out what happens to the rest of these characters and um you know like we said lots of times that's what a first book does is just set it up yeah. for the rest yeah so
0: yeah so if you would like to follow along with us subscribe on itunes or google play and we would love to hear from you on our facebook page goodreads group our twitter which is at not your mom's rom or you can email us at not your romance book club at com. Uh, so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you want to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Next time, we are going to discuss The Trouble with Mistletoe by Jill Shalvis. It is the second book in her Heartbreaker Bay series, but most importantly, it's a Christmas book. Um, also, a, a movie of the book... What? Contemporary, a contemporary? yes. Um, a movie of the book will be released on Passion Flicks in December so if you're interested in checking that out you know read the book with us first Um, and funnily enough the heroine in this book is also named Willa so we're just going to have two Willas which is crazy because did you say funnily enough funnily enough (laughs) I don't think that's that's... a
1: word dear (laughs) whatever deal with
0: it Um, so for now we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking about all the different colors of historical romances so stay with us Hi everybody, Ellen here with a new feature that we're going to start doing, um, just because mom and I, if we like anything more than romance novels, it's movies and TV. So I thought I would do kind of like a TV movie spotlight from the romance perspective. I just wanted to talk about in terms of movies, uh, if you have not checked it out and you enjoy a good period drama, um, that's maybe a little different as well, um, consider checking out the movie Belle. This is a movie that came out a few years ago, and it's about a um, girl who was born in the West Indies, and she's mixed race, and she's kind of adopted by this wealthy family um, in the late 1700s in England. So she's kind of um, dealing with being not of this family and not of the race that was obviously predominant during the time, but also, um, you know, kind of having this status within this family. Um, it's a really great movie. It's very romantic as well. Um, so if you have not checked it out, I, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, I think it's interesting touch that they have all of the actors wear very little to no makeup and, um, just to be faithful to the time. And Gugu Mbatha-Raw is still like gorgeous. So it's kind of sickening. Um, but yeah, so check out Belle. That's, it's a really great movie. Um, and then for the TV spotlight, I'm going to kind of focus on ships that I like. If you do not know ships, the term for that, it is, um, a name in the fandom community that's used for um, a couple that you like on a show. So from a ship perspective, um, my mom's going to be shocked that I'm talking about this show because she's not going to be shocked because I talk about this show all the time. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back on December 1st. And if you like superhero movies, I think that you should check out that show to begin with. This first season is not fantastic and a lot of people lost faith in it with the first season, but it has gotten so very good. But from the ship perspective, it is amazing. Um, There's a lot of couples on the show, but the best one is Fitzsimmons. I'm obsessed with them. Um, If you want a good like tear your heart out romance within the superhero community, um, check out Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and just wallow in the heartbreak and tenderness that is the Fitzsimmons ship. Um, so that'll do it for our little movie TV spotlight. And, um, we'll talk to you next time. And we're back to talk about the different eras that make up historical romance. So I'm going to run through this kind of list, this, not even fully comprehensive list, but of historical romances that we've got. And you know, we think we've read historical romances, but I know you haven't read some of these. You've got ancient Egypt, medieval, Viking, Arthurian, Tudor, Elizabethan, Georgian, Regency, French Revolution, Victorian, colonial America, Civil War in America, Westerns, Americana. And then pirate, which can be thrown in any of those uh, eras, anything so, from
1: Blackbeard to Somali. Is there are there Somali yeah. pirate love books?
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ooh, there. <laughs> hey, you knock it. It's probably out there. Um, <laughs> get a little.
1: I'm the captain now. Action going.
0: <laughs> But where do you fall, like, with these different eras? I mean, obviously, we read a lot of Regency, England.
1: Well, I would say we we do a lot of um, Georgian, Regency... Victorian. Victorian in, in, in that
0: yeah. realm. All in England, for the most part.
1: Well, my problem with Georgian is... <laughs> The wigs, the <laughs> the wigs and the hair. I don't. I'm, uh, the thing I like about Regency is they get away from the panniers and the weird stuff on the. You know, they're a little more. They're dressed a little more normal. Um, yeah, but then the bustles can come hike in. those
0: skirts up a little quicker later on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but then the bustles come in later on, and then I'm like, it's the last thing I would need is a bustle. But um, <laughs> actually, it might be, I might might excuse a lot of stuff. <laughs> But, um, I just, that's my, that's probably the biggest beef I have is with Georgian because I can't get behind the wig thing and the hair. So it's
0: just clothes. That's all you care about just clothes. Yeah. (sighs) I met somebody, um, I was talking to somebody once who said, um, that they can't read Victorian. They only will read Regency. And I'm like, that's such a weird distinction because I don't feel like there's that big of a difference, but she was saying she doesn't like... Um, as they kind of get into the industrial revolution, wow, see, I like that
1: part, and I also yeah, like, me too. I also like because in the in the Victorian age, they get away a little bit from the um, uh, like you have to it has to be a duke and it has to be a, or an earl or a, you know whatever. Yeah, it, you, you can get have more kind of more
0: titans of industry and things exactly, like
1: that. and and you get more into some of these you know, these guys who have kind of made it on their own rather than having Daddy hand it to them kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, I like the Victorian age because I like it for that reason. And I like the, you know, as uh, inventions come around. I mean, that's what I really liked about... Uh, jo- Joanna Shoup. Uh, yeah, Joanna Shoup. Also, um, is it Winterborne or... Oh, um,
0: yeah, Lisa Clapis. The Ravenel series. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. But and I like that whole, you know, coming into the uh, that different kind of uh, economic growth that went all along in that period.
0: Yeah. Um, so for me, I think I've at least dabbled in in most of these. Um, in most of these eras i think a big thing is just the market doesn't i mean like there's just definitely more regency you know not even really georgian but regency and victorian i think are the two main that you see
1: i haven't even read of. much like tudor or any of that kind of uh...
0: yeah i think i've read like maybe a tudor uh, I've read some Viking, I've read some Arthurian, medieval uh, never done ancient Egypt. and then I've done like um, I've done some French Revolution, some colonial America and Westerns and then some like Americana type era. Um, but yeah I mean I just so while those exist, they're definitely, you know, more few and far between than, than those Regency and Victorian eras, I would definitely say.
1: Well, and I think because most, a lot, or at least a lot of romance readers stem from the, you know, all of our British women getting married books and movies that, um, yeah. you That's know. what
0: we call period dramas in our family, by the way, just to
1: explain. <laughs> period dramas, British women getting married movies, and, yeah. um. But from Pride and Prejudice and all the Jane Austen books and, you know, a lot of that all came out of that era. So that's why so many of them stem around that time frame. And I think we've talked about this before, but I wonder, like, what
0: it is that makes that era and that, you know, and specifically in England sell so much. Like, what it is that, what it is about that, that, like, we always want to keep going back to.
1: Well, I think I think it's gotten past some parts where women were really mistreated, because you don't want to mm-hmm. read about that. And mm-hmm. so it's more in an era where women were starting to be treated a little better. They still, you know, in some uh, socioeconomic situations, they were still treated pretty poorly. Um, and even... And- and and in marriages and, and in marriage like I mean they were bad. they were not. But you can get away with writing a guy who treats the women women well and have it not look like you're really stretching the truth.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point.
1: Where you know, years before, women were really just treated really crappy, and you know if you wrote it much differently, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean even Outlander. I mean the way he treats her in Outlander is like really would 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 a guy really <laughs> be that open minded with you know his woman at that time probably not
0: yeah yeah that's a good point um i didn't think about it from uh like the women's rights movement um of it all yeah and i think that i think uh, you know i do think that the clothing probably plays a part that it's like kind of pretty still but not outlandish and crazy like we're looking at with the Georgian or like I've experienced before with some of the, like, French Revolution stuff I've read. So it's, like, something that we can still kind of grasp onto. Yeah, just interesting. Um We should try a Western sometime, Mom. I think you might like some of those. Wow. Well. <laughs> I read one that, like, made me ball my eyes out, so I know you would be a mess.
1: Well, I know your dad loves westerns we watch a lot of westerns
0: do you i didn't know that about my my dad
1: <laughs> a lot of westerns so um yeah, you go we... to my
0: parents house and you turn on the tv and it's more than likely going to be on the like encore westerns channel yeah
1: it's, so it's a little sad. mom watches
0: a lot of Gunsmoke reruns
1: it's not on
0: anymore <laughs> so i don't you've run, guns... run out to of gun smoke rerun. oh boy um, so I think that's kind of like what we wanted to hit on with, uh, that about the different eras in historical romances. Um, let us know which one's your favorite or if there's one that you think we should, you know, give a try. And if you specifically have a book from one of those eras, cause you know, we're open to it. We're open to <laughs> step outside our Regency box.
1: We do. We um, would like to have some recommendations from other time periods.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been living
1: on Ellen recommendations for the last two years or year and a half. Oh, jeez. Poor you. Yeah. I would like some recommendations from someone other than Ellen. (laughs) Hey, I know you. I know what you like. You do. You do. You've done right by me. Yeah, don't you forget it.
0: All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for The Trouble with Mistletoe by Jill Shalvis in two weeks, you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMom'sRom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at club at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. See you next time. Bye, Helen. Bye.